The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. And welcome to 630 Chad Afternoons. I am Daryl McIntyre, just filling in for Jaylen today and tomorrow. Might have hit the jackpot as a bit of a political nerd. This is a big day. It's almost like Christmas Day. It's a budget day in the province. Budget day. Is it all numbers? Is it just stats and politics? Yes, it's all of that. But it, it's really also the blueprint that will affect our daily lives over the next many months. As this province continues to try and navigate a pandemic and a battered economy. So the finance minister, Travis Taves, due to rise in the legislature at about 3.15 this afternoon. That can sometimes vary a little bit, but he'll be delivering the budget. And it's at that point that we'll have live coverage and full highlights as soon as he gets up in the legislature. 6.30, Ched's Eileen Bell will be gathering all the insights for us and we'll be talking with her live just once that budget speech has begun. Plus, we'll have an immediate wrap-up of what's in the document, the highlight package, in essence, from Global's Adam Tor. But for now, of course, it is a prediction time. We're left to wonder, to try and predict uh, really what is ahead in this document. There have been some hints already from the Premier, as he had suggested, that the deficit could be around $14 billion this time around. But also, uh, he's been insisting that now is not the time to cut spending because we need to support the healthcare system and we need to support business, the job creators in this province. It's actually a bit of a political tightrope that the UCP has to walk right now, especially considering the ideological promises that they were elected on in the first place. So what's going to happen? Let's start today with well-known political science professor Dwayne Bratt, who is joining us live. You've been talking a little bit about this uh, throughout the day. I'm sure you're not tired of it because, like I said, it's sort of uh, sort of Christmas Day in a way, isn't it? Well, often budgets get wrapped up into various numbers and projections, but really, it's where the government is establishing its priorities. Where you put your money and where you don't is a clear illustration of what the government values and, and what it does not. And, that's and it really why does. Budgets are important. It really does affect our daily lives down the road. It's not just a political story. It's just not a numbers and stats and that kind of thing because those decisions are going to, to impact us. You know, predictions and, uh, and expectations, it can be a little bit of a dangerous game, Dwayne, but uh, why don't we start with an overview of what you think is going to be in this budget. What, what's the direction? Well, budget, budget predictions have actually gotten a bit easier over time. There was a time of absolute budget secrecy. And you didn't hear word one. Um, and in fact, you know, going back 30 odd years, there was a famous photo of a, of a, a federal finance minister kind of waving around the budget. And they got photos of some of the, the pages and they had to change those pages um, be, because of secrecy. But we do know the deficit will be around $14 billion. Mm -hmm. There's already been pre-announcements about extra money in business supports to deal with COVID, as well as childcare to deal with COVID. So we're already getting some indications of what will be in the budget. It's not going to be a big surprise. Yeah, you know, a budget document, it, it always has to have the, the hard, the real numbers in it because it's an official document. But really, sometimes how it's communicated uh, can be where there is a bit of spin, uh, you know, emphasis on some things, not so much on others. So as in previous years, is it fair to say that uh, really, as we go through this, the devil is going to be in the details? And if so, Absolutely. what should we be watching out and for? And we often see stuff emerge over time as we start to sift through the documents and go, wait a minute. I didn't hear them talk about that. Look what's here. So 
you'll be hearing stuff, the immediate stuff today, but you'll also be hearing drips over the next couple of days as people go much more thoroughly uh, through the document. And not just, you know, um, policy wonks and, and academics and opposition parties, but all sorts of stakeholders are going to focus on what does the budget say about them? What does it say about municipalities? What does it say about social services? What does it say about advanced education? Yeah. Um, and that is where you're going to start to get additional information. And I'm going to talk about this a little later on this afternoon on the 6.30 Chet Afternoons, but there's also a difference this year because it's 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 a COVID year, it's a pandemic year, and the way the reporters were able to go in and ask the questions, there are technical briefings in the morning so that you can really navigate your way through what can be a very complicated document. Then you can take that information and ask the minister and other other ministries, you know, some more specific questions. That is going to be a lot tougher with reporters having to phone in and it's tougher for follow-up. So uh, it might take even longer this time around to actually get through to some of those fine details, do you think? Yeah, as well as the traditional finance minister speaking at the Calgary Chamber of Commerce and the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce, which would usually occur the day after the budget is delivered, that isn't going to occur this year, right? So a lot of this is people going to be in silos trying to read these things on their own and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what what they mean. But you talk about this being the first COVID budget. That's an important thing to say. Because last year's budget was released in late late February, and it was almost irrelevant the moment that it passed. Right? It yeah. was estimating, you know, a six and a half uh, billion dollar deficit, and we now know through the fiscal updates, it turned into twenty one billion. Mm-hmm. And there are all sorts of things that were never anticipated that that have emerged. In this case, the budget is projecting forward. So they should be projecting what's going to be the impact on revenue, for example. We know that resource revenue will be under $2 billion. And to put that in, in ter- comparative terms, there were years where it used to be 10 or $12 billion. So mm-hmm. how do you fill that $10, 8000000000 billion gap or the various spending that needs to go into to healthcare with whether that's the vaccination rollout or whether that is supports for businesses that have been closed. Yeah, and and you are seeing a bit of an improvement in the oil price. You know, West Texas Intermediate, for example, over sixty three dollars a barrel U.S. And so that that that's sort of a positive sign. But a lot of the budget document uh, depends on projections and expectations. So they've got to be really careful about tempering those expectations. It's been so volatile. Yeah, and I mean, yes, it's at 63 now, but that's largely due to the problems that have been in Texas over the last uh, two weeks. And one of the mistakes that they made in last February's budget is they overestimated resource revenue. In fact, they were putting projections in the budget that were higher than the numbers that that particular day. And so there was a lot of criticism of the budget, even pre-COVID. But figuring out what the price of oil will be over the next year if i could do that i'd be in another line of work yeah it used to be fairly consistent it certainly hasn't been in the in the last little while you know the the premier also uh, has recently in the last couple of weeks put public sector workers uh across the board on notice basically saying it's time to share some of that economic pain that's also being suffered by the private sector so uh, is action on that front something that we might see in the budget or is that going to be uh, subsequent to that document i think it's coming in the next budget um they campaigned on on this 
Uh, they produced a blue ribbon panel back in the fall of 2019. They did try to go after doctor salaries uh, last winter, and that backfired miserably because it was in the middle of a pandemic. And I think that they, they learned their lesson from that. And I don't think you're going to see going after public sector wages in this particular budget. Next year's budget, though, that's where I think the clawbacks are, are going to occur. If you're going to get to balance, and bear in mind, this was a party that campaigned on balanced budgets, mm -hmm. and in fact, its deficits have been higher than the pre preceding NDP government. How do you go from $14 billion to zero? Well, obviously, once COVID is done, you're going to have increased economic activity. You're going to have reduced COVID spending. But that might only take you to about a $6, 7000000000 billion deficit. How do you take mm -hmm. that down to zero, especially with a government that says we're not touching taxes? The only way is on the spending side. So I would be surprised if it's in this budget, but watch February yeah. of, of 2022. Which all brings me back to that political tightrope I was talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, what does the UCP government need to do in this budget to walk that tightrope? Can they, and do you think they will accomplish it in order well, to satisfy everyone? You never can. It's been a, yeah, it's been a very difficult two months already for the, for the UCP government on numerous files. And you can see that with, with dropping popularity of, of the government. And some of that dropping popularity is with their own caucus. Mm -hmm. Um a budget you can never win. Uh, it doesn't matter what is in there. Uh, it's all about minimizing the, the damage because there's always going to be groups um, that feel left out or feel targeted or, or feel hurt. That's why a, a typical journalism trick the next day is winners and losers in the budget. And the losers are always speaking louder than the winners. So there's no upside to a budget. Uh, there are just years when it's worse on the downside. Yeah. Political science professor Dwayne Bratt, this has uh, been interesting. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what comes out in this document, as I'm sure you are too. And yep. uh, we'll watch, we'll listen in together. So thank you so much oh. for your time. Yep. Stay tuned for an hour. <laughs> you bet. I'll be here, guaranteed.